Welcome back to the Becoming CEO podcast, where we decide every single day to become the CEO we were created to be. Over here, we're low-key ratchet and high-key saved, okay? Listen, I know what it feels like to have the hugest to-do list, feel super unclear on what to do next in your business, download all the freebies, and still be stuck at square one. And darling, that's over for you today. Hey boo, I'm Kay Hillman. I'm a scientist turned five-figure photographer turned marketing and business strategist for female service providers building profitable businesses. I'm the coach for confused peeps. Boo thang, it's time to ditch the hustle. Listen close, darling, as I snatch your mindset, clarify your messaging, and drop marketing gems. When you roll with me, you'll gain confidence, clarity, and sales as you become the highest version of your Let's get this money. Hey, boo. Hey, happy Tuesday or whatever day you're listening to this on. So per usual, I am next to the kids. They are sleeping and I'm recording on my phone. So we're going to make it do what I do. But this month I'm going to be doing a series. I think this is my first podcast series. I've like posted series before that I might have did as like a Facebook live or Instagram live or something, but I've never done a a series just for the podcast. So this is going to be really fun. This series I'm calling the how to sell your offer offers series. And of course, when I'm talking about offers, I'm talking about high ticket offers, offers that are anywhere from, you know, $1,000 plus per month or in total. But anyway, today I'm going to be following my framework. Um, I'm actually going to be following my framework, the Becoming CEO framework for this entire series. And so because of that, we are going to start at the top with talking about your beliefs and your mindset. So that's the first part of the Becoming CEO framework is to um, you know navigate and to understand and overcome your beliefs. And so First and foremost, selling high ticket offers requires you to have a strong mindset, okay? Because <laughs> there are all types of challenges that come up. And the truth of the matter is, is that if you are not in control of your mindset, if you are not, you know, getting your beliefs into alignment, you're going to have a hard time effectively communicating the value of your offers. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, like, oh, how does this go together? But I promise you, if your mind, if you are spiraling, if you're, you know, having all this like negative self-talk and things like that, it is going to affect the way you show up and sell if you show up and sell at all. So I've found myself plenty of times in seasons where I'm just going through something, right? I talk a lot about my healing journey on my Mrs. K Hillman page on Instagram. And when I'm like in the, the hard part of the healing journey, I have a hard time showing up and selling, you know, which is why I'm very intentional about getting ahead of all my content, getting ahead of all my things, because I don't, you know, I never know when something is going to possibly trigger me, right? And I'm one of those people that I believe that we can still sell, we can still show up no matter what our mood is. But it's important that we don't stay in that mood. And it's also equally important that when we are in a great headspace, when our beliefs are aligning and we are living out our truth and living out our calling and we're truly our best selves, like that is the time where you need to be like, green is go, okay? I'm gonna make all this content. I'm gonna write all these emails. I'm gonna write these sales pages because God is channeling through me and I'm in the right headspace to really show up and effectively communicate the value of my offers. 
So going back to this concept of, you know, like, let's start at the top with your beliefs and your mindset when it comes to selling your offers, having that strong mindset and cultivating, like being intentional about cultivating a strong mindset is mandatory as the CEO, right? Because there's nobody else. You are the boss. You are the leader. You are the visionary. There's nobody else. The company, you know, whether it's you, whether it's team, whether it's your clients, right? There's nobody else that other people can look to. And so it's important that you set the standard, right? And the way that you do that is by being intentional about cultivating that mindset, right? The mindset that you want your company to operate from. So especially when you are having to sell, right? Especially when you're having to sell, it's important that you have that that strong mindset because life happens, right? Things happen. Your mind will play tricks like, child, your mind will really play tricks on you. And mind spirals can literally cost you thousands. It can cost you so much money. I I remember one of the seasons that I went through and I was just like, I was over it. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And I know it cost me thousands of dollars. I literally watched people that I had been talking to and engaging with go and work with somebody else. And it wasn't because I was a bad person. I didn't treat them poorly. It was literally because I was sabotaging my own self because of my own thoughts. So in this episode, I really want to share a few mindset shifts and help you kind of think about what kind of mindset you need to be cultivating in order to sell your high ticket offers. So the mindset shift number one I want to share is you have to believe in the value of your offer. So the first and most important thing when it comes to the mindset of selling is that you have to believe the value of your offer. You have to have a deep rooted belief that your high ticket offer is going to provide the transformation that you promise, right? And the way that you have that belief is by seeing it in action, right? So I know, like I believe in my offers. I believe in becoming CEO because I've watched client after client have consistent five-figure months, or sorry, 5K months, five-figure months too, but but specifically inside becoming CEO, they have, you know, $5,000 months and it's all because of the program, right? They follow the program. They, they listen to and implement my coaching. And so because of that, I have a deep seated belief. And I know that it's true that they will get the value of the offer. You also need to understand that the transformation your offer brings to your clients' lives, because sometimes they might not get that, you know, the big transformation, but there might be these micro wins they're getting that make all the difference. So I know for me, something that happens a lot is that people thank me after becoming CEO because they go from, you know, feeling like they're working around the clock to really having that intentional two to three hours a day that they're working a few days a week and that's it. And they feel so excited and they feel so confident. They feel so on 10 about I'm working less and I'm making more. Yes, boo, that's what I want for you, right? That's what I want for you. And and that adds to my belief in the value of my offer. So when you truly believe in your offer, your confidence is going to shine. Sales becomes inevitable. Selling your sales conversations, it becomes so much easier because you have that deep-seated knowing that you are the bomb, right? You are the (laughs) dot com, right? You are the ish because you are. If you hear how I'm talking about becoming CEO, I talk about becoming CEO the way I do because I believe in the value of my offer. And I have a very deep seated belief because I have evidence of it, right? And so the other piece to this is 
And the other piece of this mindset shift is to provide yourself with evidence. And the reason why I mentioned like those micro wins, those, those, you know, seemingly small wins is because sometimes we don't realize the transformation people are actually getting from us because they're not getting, you know, this big $10,000 month or, you know, like a hundred thousand dollars in six days, right? Like, because people aren't getting crazy wins like that, we feel like we're not doing a bunch, but really you are, you're adding so much value and you have to believe that. So that's the first mindset shift. The second mindset shift is an abundance mindset. People talk a lot about an abundance mindset, but I really feel like it's something important that we need to talk about right now. So there's always another client coming. That's the biggest thought that I want you to think about when it comes to the abundance mindset. Because something I see happen a lot is that we get fixated on the one person we're talking to, right? So if we're talking to somebody in the DMs and maybe the convers- maybe they ghost us, maybe the conversation doesn't go the way we thought. We spend so much time trying to get that person, get that client back, you know, re-engage them in conversation. When what we really need to be thinking is in an abundance mindset. We need to be thinking there's always another client coming, right? I can bless and release this person. God did not give you your gifts and your talents to only serve one person. And even if that was the case, right? Even if you had all your gifts and talents and you were only supposed to serve one person, you should serve that one person like you would serve the many, right? And so even if even if you, you were only called to have one client, be all there, right? That is an abundance mindset, right? The knowing and trusting that God is going to give you more than you can ask for because you never know. You may be called to serve this one client in this one capacity and that's it, but that person may turn you on to 50 other people that you can serve in a different capacity. You never know. I know that's what happened to me with social media management. I didn't know that I was going to get into that field. I started out as a photographer. That's what I was doing. I was starting out my business as a photographer. And one person introduced me to somebody else who introduced me to somebody else. And next thing I knew, I had an $800 client, you know, and I had never charged $800 for anything, right? But all of a sudden I had this client and it was, it was, you know, in my head by accident, but really I knew it was because I had an abundance mindset. I believed that another client was coming, even when people ghosted me, even when people, you know, didn't want to re-sign with me or didn't want to book me for the next shoot or whatever. I wasn't worried about it because I knew that my gifts and talents were going to be used at some point, right? Even if it wasn't being used in that moment, it was going to be used. And so we have to let go of that scarcity and that fear-based thinking. And trust me, I know it's easier said than done, right? I I, tr- I really do know because I've definitely been in that headspace where I'm like, okay, I'm definitely feeling the fear, right? I'm feeling you know, that, that money stress, right? I'm feeling that scarcity of like, oh, you know, where's my next client coming from? I've felt those feelings. But what I will say is that operating out of fear isn't going to get you very far. It's just not, it's not going to help the situation. So instead, how can you show up anyway? How can you commit and do the work in spite of your fear? That's been a big lesson for me in this season. You know, how can I still show up despite the fear that may be coming through me? And it could be fear of success. It could be fear fear of failure. It could be fear of anything, right? It could be scarcity. Maybe it's not fear for you. I know a lot of times for me, it's like scarcity, like, oh man, is the well going to run dry? You know? So that sometimes those are where my thoughts go. And so one thing I will say is that again, operating from that space is not doing you any favors. Instead, we have to shift into an abundance mindset and remind ourselves that another client is coming and God gave you these gifts and God has put you in this place to serve a specific person for a reason. So understand that there are plenty of people 
that can benefit from your offer and that there are people out there that are willing and ready to invest in it. You just have to show up. You just have to be committed. You just have to let your work match your faith. Mindset shift number three, rejection is simply redirection. Okay, this one, I've really been like marinating and like really thinking on this one. But one thing I want you to think about, a lot of times we, ex- we experience rejection on a daily basis. We experience rejection, especially in our businesses, though, a lot, right? Maybe we have a conversation in the DMs and someone just ghosts us. Maybe we get on a sales call and, nobody, and the person doesn't respond. Maybe someone just flat out tells us no, right? Like they're not interested or they can't afford it or whatever. But instead of thinking of it as like flat rejection... I really want you to think about rejection as redirecting you to something better, right? And that something better could be a lesson learned. Like maybe you actually learned something. And I always try to think like if someone tells me no, or if I'm ghosted by somebody, I really try to first look at the lesson. Where where did I go wrong? You know, maybe there was a breakdown in communication. Maybe I, you know, over explained something to them, or maybe I said something that I didn't think in the moment was, you know, offensive or whatever, but maybe they could have received it. You know, in text, people people can get text all kind of twisted. So, you know, I want you to think about those things and realize that, okay, maybe rejection is a lesson, right? It's re- redirecting you into a lesson. Or it could be bringing you a step closer to the person that's going to tell you yes, right? Rejection is just bringing you closer to the next person, Because again, going back to the bless and release idea, sometimes we have to just let it go, right? We can't just hold on to this one client just because we've been talking to them. And so as you are thinking about rejection as simply redirection, you really need to focus on developing resilience so that you can overcome rejection and you can overcome objections. Because the truth of the matter is, is that it's okay. Some people are not a good fit for us. Some people are not ready for us right now. And that is okay. It doesn't make them a bad person. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make your offers. Like it doesn't say anything about you. All it is, is a lesson. All it is is something for you to learn from or something that's going to bring you a step closer to that next person that you are supposed to serve in the right now. So just because someone says, you know, not right now, or maybe they need to think about it, that doesn't mean they're saying no. And a lot of times we take that as a rejection, but it's like they're not being, they're not saying no. So in that case, rejection is a redirection, right? It's 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 about you thinking, okay, I'm going to follow up back up with this person because this is just one step closer to the yes, right? One step closer to them actually being supported by me. And so in that case, you need to be persistent in following up. And I don't mean be annoying, like, you know, follow up every single week, but keep connecting with them, right? Be a person of integrity and don't just drop them because they don't want to work with you currently. Keep checking back in with them. Keep following up with them. Keep engaging with their content, right? Show them that you are human first and that you really are here to serve and support them and follow up with them, right? Provide that value so that you can continue on the sales process with them when the time is most aligned for them. Mindset shift number four is continuous learning, right? Continue to learn and have a growth mindset. These things are so key. I went through a season recently where I didn't want to have a coach. I had experienced a ton of, you know, coach hurt and I just was like, I was just, I was done, right? And I went through one whole year, well, a little bit less than a year where I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna work with anybody. And so I really just shut down for the whole year. And when I finally decided to hire a coach, it was so funny because I was at a 
a coaching call and I had been struggling with this problem that I was having for four months. And this woman solved my problem in 15 minutes, 15 minutes on a group coaching call, right? It wasn't even a one-on-one call or anything. It was a 15 minute, like it was, I was just like blown away. And I was like, wow, I could have had this problem solved months ago, but because I wasn't continuously learning and because I wasn't adopting a growth mindset, I didn't get anywhere. And so my ego and my coach hurt, it just really made it to where and kept me from, you know, actually investing in my growth and my learning. And so I want to say, you know, I, I know it's so easy sometimes for coaches to say, you know, oh, invest in a coach, invest in a coach, you need to have a coach, blah, blah. And in some instances, I'm like, oh, okay, okay. But in other, you know, interested instances, it's very true, right? A lot of times we try to do these things on our own and it's just not enough, right? You can't coach yourself through something you've never experienced. You, it's hard to coach yourself through something when you truly don't know. And it's hard to teach yourself something when you don't know. And so it's really important that, you know, at some point you choose to actually continue to invest in continuing to learn and continuing to have that growth mindset. And don't get me wrong, YouTube University is free 99 and you can learn a lot from there. But when it comes to that growth mindset, I want to challenge you to really think about the fact that investing in some actual support, someone that understands you and your business is going to be a game changer. And not even just you and your business, but also your lifestyle. And that's what I pride myself on when it comes to becoming CEO, because it really is created and geared towards my mamas, right? It's geared towards us. It's geared to support us in a way that we're not always supported in other coaching containers. And that's something that's really important to me. Um, But going back to this whole growth mindset thing, I really want you to just make sure you're cultivating that growth mindset and that you're seeking opportunities to continue to learn. And this can happen in programs, courses, YouTube, masterminds, events. You know, there's so many ways that you can invest and just continue to grow your mindset and really continue to grow and learn. I want you to just, I want you to be really intentional about that. Staying up to date on industry trends and sales techniques. I know that sometimes it's not the most fun thing in the world, but developing your skills in what it is that you do or developing your skills in marketing, sales, things that, you know, maybe it's not necessarily your wheelhouse, but it is still relevant to the bottom line of your company is going to be super important. I want you to make sure you're spending some time growing in those areas. And then last but not least, embrace feedback and seek out mentors. This is where I messed up, right? I messed up by not seeking out and embracing feedback. I didn't want to hear what other people had to say. I didn't want a coach to hold me accountable. You know, I, I, I was having all these different feelings because, you know, this mentor, you know, I, the experience wasn't what I thought it was going to be or whatever. And I kept myself back. I, I held myself back from actually getting to where I wanted to be. My skills didn't improve. I just had all these different things that went on. And so I will say that by not embracing feedback by not having a coach and a mentor that really set me back thousands like i'm i'm it set me back a lot of money i will say that even though i might have saved money by not investing it i definitely lost money because I was stuck, right? I didn't have that growth mindset. And so in turn, I wasn't growing. And I don't want that for you. I really want to encourage you to embrace feedback and to get that mentorship and get that coaching and support that you may need, whether it's in your business, your personal life, whatever, just get the support you need and cultivate that growth mindset. So mindset shift number five, and I believe this is my like second to last one. So mindset shift number five is your beliefs are a lesson learn from them. 
right? I truly believe that we don't have limiting beliefs. You know, I'm very careful not to say like, oh, that's a limiting belief. And even when I talk about mindset and beliefs, I'm very careful to like not blame everything that goes on on mindset, right? A lot of times it's mindset. There is some kind of mindset component, but also there could be a strategy issue that's happening too. But what I really want you to think about when it comes to your beliefs is that they are lessons for you to learn from. So instead of having limiting beliefs, I like to say we have lived experiences that shape our reality. But sometimes due to our experiences, we believe things that simply aren't helpful. And that is the problem, right? So the problem is not, oh, we have these limiting beliefs out of nowhere. It's that we have a lived experience, something that actually happened to us. And now it's shaped our worldview. But sometimes that belief that we have because of that is not helpful, right? We're thinking something that's negative or toxic. And it doesn't actually help us in the long run. So for me, like one of the biggest or not biggest, but like one of the mindset shifts that I had around this in particular was that I had to shift what I felt like work looked like. So what I mean is my lived experience taught me and it gave me the belief that I had to work super hard, like manual labor. Like I remember, you know, we used to sell watermelons. We used to toss watermelons. We used to work on the fields like, um, you know, like we built houses, like we did a lot of manual labor and it was like a sun up to sun down kind of thing. And that's how we earned money. And so for me, I couldn't understand not working that hard. Even when I had, um, you know, my one official job, you know, I worked from sun up to sun down literally for that job. And so in my mind, in order to earn money, I felt like I had to work so hard. And so it made it hard for me to rest in my business because I also felt like if I wasn't doing, then I'd be broke, right? If I wasn't actively working sun up to sun down, you know, every hour that I wasn't spending, you know, with the kids or every hour I wasn't spending with Tay, like if it wasn't spent working, I wouldn't make any money. And that wasn't helpful. It led to burnout. So I want you to really identify where your beliefs are coming from, right? What are the experiences that they're rooted in? And then shift and think about what's the lesson you can learn from them. So what is your past and your belief trying to teach you? And then how can you use these thoughts and experiences to increase your success, right? So now we're thinking about it in a positive way because we're looking for the actual lesson. So I really want to encourage you to challenge like any kind of negative thoughts, especially the ones that are rooted in negative experiences, and then replace them with a new intention or a new experience. So for example, something I used to also believe is that I had to sacrifice things I didn't want in order to get something else that I might have wanted. So for me, you know, I as a child, I experienced, you know, just different cycles of abuse. And we all, you know, we ain't got to talk about all that, but we've all experienced something probably traumatic in our childhood. And so for me, this, you know, this specific kind of situation really um, showed up in my adult life because I felt like in my business, I couldn't have both money and time freedom, right? I had to pick one or the other. Either I was going to, you know, have a bunch of time and no money, or I was going to have a bunch of money and no time. And it was rooted in this experience that I experienced in my childhood. And so I decided one day I was going to challenge that thought by setting an intention that I can have both and, right? So you hear me talk a lot about both and, and it's because of this situation right here specifically. I knew that I wanted both money 
and I wanted time freedom. I don't want to have to choose. And I don't. And so then I started to look for the evidence, right? Look for evidence of this by creating a schedule. So I started creating a very intentional schedule where I was able to work less. And then I made sure that my offers were super aligned, offers that allowed me to make more money. And so now I no longer live in the identity that I have to choose because I've set up my life and I've given myself new evidence and a new belief and a new intention that I can have both and. And that's what I want to encourage you to do with this. All right, we're rocking and rolling today. Mindset shift number six. <laughs> so this one is a fun one. Celebrate your wins and learn from your failures, right? This is a big one that I had to learn is that I needed to celebrate. A lot of times we don't celebrate enough. I'm be honest, I still don't celebrate enough. Enough. What I try to do is at least once a month, I will try to celebrate and I try to make it a really big deal. So I try to like put it on my calendar and make it a, you know, a celebration. Me and the kids, like we will have a picnic or we'll do a dance party, but like the whole purpose of it is for me to celebrate something in my business or for me to like say out loud what I'm celebrating because sometimes we don't even realize that there's something to celebrate and something to be excited about so I'll tell the kids they don't they don't know what I'm saying but I just tell them like oh my gosh mama just did this mama just did that and they're just like yeah 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 well King is Empire is still like okay girl whatever um but Empire you know King he's always like so excited and ready to dance and just you know have a party with me and it's just fun right just a it's fun to be able to celebrate your wins because a lot of times we don't, right? We just move from one thing to the next and we're constantly, you know, hurrying. I, I like to think about like busy Martha and it's like, we don't have to be that busy because what we need is already there. There are already so many reasons to be blessed um, and that we are blessed and so many reasons to celebrate. And I want to, you know, remind you of that as a mindset shift, you know? Um, so just really continue to reflect and always take the time to celebrate what's happening. And even in that moment, you can reflect on things that may have not gone as well, right? But when you're reflecting on, okay, this might have been a quote unquote failure, I want you to also think and shift like we've been talking about and think about your failures in terms of lessons, right? What did you learn from this and how can you use this to improve in the future, right? And I celebrate that, right? I celebrate all the time things that I feel like are a failure because the lesson is so much greater to me and the lesson is so much richer. And once I'm actually able to implement and really learn and grow from the failure, man, it's just like, whoa, like the, honestly, that was bigger than any win that I could have experienced. So that is mindset shift number six. So now let's talk about mindset shift number seven. And I think we have like two more. I think I said two more before and I was totally wrong. But anyway, mindset shift number seven, develop a strong work ethic. Now I have to include this one because I was so blessed uh, a couple of weeks ago during our anniversary weekend, I got to hear my husband speak at a conference and he spoke on the topic of work ethic. And my husband, first off, he's an amazing speaker, but second off, he has amazing work ethic. And he shared with, shared with us the definition of work ethic. And I was kind of blown away because first off, you know, I love my definitions. But second off, I was like, wow, I didn't know that's what this word meant. And so work ethic means the principle that hard work is intrinsically virtuous or worthy of reward. And then he further broke down saying that work ethic isn't an action. A lot of times we think of work ethic and we think about, you know, someone's hardworking, someone has integrity, someone, you know, like we think about actions. Um, but Hard work is not actually an action, it's a principle. And a principle is a fundamental truth that serves as the foundation for a system of belief, right? So when we think about it, 
work ethic is a belief that hard work is worthy of a reward. So when we speak about work ethic, it's less about what you're doing and more about what you believe. Because here's the thing, if you believe what you are doing, the work that you do is worthy of the reward, you'll do it even when you don't want to. Work ethic is showing up and doing the work, being consistent and all the things you don't want to do because you believe it's worth your effort. So I believe in the work I do at Becoming CEO. I believe it's worth the stress. I believe it's worth the headache. I believe it's worth the time right, that I spend. I believe it's worth that. I believe that the moms that I'm called to serve are worth my consistency and worth my work and worth my effort. And the reward is in my obedience. And I'm going to be richly compensated for that, whether it's in money or in my blessings, right? It doesn't matter. I know that I'm going to be compensated one way or another. So I want to ask you, do your actions match your belief? Do your actions show that what you believe, you know? So do your actions show that you believe in integrity? Do your actions show that, you know, or do you show up when you say you will, even when you're not being rewarded in that moment, but because you know that those that you are called to serve are worth it, you do it anyway, right? Do you believe in the principle? That is work ethic. And, you know, I never really thought about this when it came to work ethic because I always think about, you know, work, right? Doing the work, but it's more so that fundamental belief. And so work ethic becomes a mindset shift, right? Work ethic becomes a thing that you do because you know that your work is worthy of a reward. And sometimes that reward can't be selfish, right? The reward is not always about what you personally benefit right here and right now, but more so what it could do for others. And so as a CEO, as a business owner, we have to develop strong work ethic because sometimes things are not going to go the way we thought it would. Sometimes we're going to be, we're going to feel like we're working harder and not being compensated. Or, you know, as moms think about it, sometimes like nobody tells us thank you for all of our work that we do. Very rarely do we hear a thank you. And so work ethic is, is, is the belief and the knowing and the principle that I'm going to do this anyway. I'm going to show up anyway, because the recipient, whether it's myself or someone else, they are worthy of the reward. So that's work ethic. Mindset shift number eight. And this is our next to last one, I promise. Um, but mindset shift number eight is to be solution oriented. So when I think about business, I always think about the fact that it's important for us to be solution focused first. And I always like say, And this has always been my mindset of like, oh, I always come with a solution. Like I always think of a solution to any problem. So I really have problems because once I hear the problem, I'm already moving on towards a solution. And that's an important mindset shift because sometimes as business owners, I see a lot of people kind of get stuck when there's a problem, right? You kind of wallow in this problem. But instead, I want you to approach sales and I want you to approach business challenges with a solution-oriented mindset. So think solution first. So instead of like dwelling and getting down on yourself about problems, I want you to just focus on finding a creative solution, right? Like there's no such thing as a problem. There's just, okay, there's this thing that's happening. I need a solution. Let me come up with an answer, right? And be creative. Think outside the box. Um, I, it's so interesting because I've been having this push push and pull with how becoming CEO has been run the last couple of years and stuff. And, you know, I've been really in my head about it. And at first I was going to like kind of sit in the feeling, but then I was like, you know what? No, I'm actually just going to be creative. And so I want to encourage you to like 
offer alternative options or additional value, right? Like think outside the box. I feel like this mindset shift is all about thinking outside the box and figuring out how you can best serve the people around you, right? Like just how, how can you better do things? So just recently I had the situation where I, as you know, well, if you don't know, I host this event called the content patch. And this is a event that I do in Atlanta. Um, and basically it's a photo shoot and it's a group session and I book a space and people can come and, you know, they buy tickets and we do content for the whole day. Well, for like three hours or so. And so the day, like maybe a couple of weeks before the last content batch, which we're on our seventh one now, probably, um, the peer space canceled my booking. They didn't even tell me I had to, I had to reach out to them. And then all of a sudden I just saw that everything was canceled. And so for this specific content batch, clients I know booked this, booked this one because the space, right? They saw the space they wanted to. There was like this really nice bed. So there were like very specific things people wanted. So I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe this is happening. And I could have canceled the event, right? I could have canceled it and been like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, reschedule, start again, and, you know, start from scratch. But instead I was like, no, let me come up with a solution. And so I planned a backup space and everybody was happy. I think everybody except for one person you know, was happy with the second space. Um, the one person that wasn't, you know, I know for a fact, like that person booked the, the, the spot and they booked, you know, the content batch for that round because of the space. And I wasn't upset about it because like it it is what it is. And so when it comes to being solution oriented and solution focused, I want to encourage you in all things, don't let yourself get upset. Don't let yourself get bent out of shape. Just really focus on what, like, how can I resolve this? How can I come up with a plan and how can I show it best prepared so that, we don't have to go back and forth, right? I've had clients that weren't satisfied or might have been upset about something. Maybe there was a misunderstanding. And in all things, I make sure that I focus on, you know what? Here, I, I, I understand the situation. Here's what's going to happen going forward, right? Wh- what are you happy with, right? You know, I'll give them options. Boom, boom, boom. We're done, right? In business, we have to be solution oriented. Focus on putting the fire out and trying to make everybody as happy as possible, right? We're not going to make everybody, you know, just over the moon happy if they're dissatisfied about something. But instead of us wallowing and just like going back and forth and getting upset with people and whatever, just focus on what's the solution, right? And be willing, and I love the saying, I keep saying it, but be willing to bless and release, right? Some people are not worth the effort, right? We just talked about worthy of the reward. And it's like, some people are actually not worthy of the effort that we put into being upset and put into, you know, going back and forth and all these things. And so when you're thinking about being solution oriented, it's important to really understand and know when to pick and choose your battles, to know when to let something go, to let, you know, to bless and release. And when it's time for you to actually step up and be the leader and say, hey, this thing has happened, but I have a solution, right? Coming to people with a solution and not just coming empty, empty handed, like, oh, you know, this thing happened. Like I could have very easily been like, oh man, like they canceled our booking. I don't know what to do, but no, it's like they canceled our booking. Here's what I'm doing. You know, are you in or are you out? Right. And I know it sounds like, you know, as women, sometimes it's hard for us to say stuff like that. Like, are you in or are you out? But it's like, I mean, what else are we going to do here? Like, I'm not going to argue about it. There's nothing else that can happen. You can have a refund or you can come to the next place. It's just that simple. Right. And everybody is okay, right? It's not mean, it's not aggressive, it's just a solution, right? So that is mindset shift number eight. And then our last mindset shift is to stay authentic and true to yourself. This is something that it took me a lot of time to really 
get to this point because I am used to code switching and not just code switching in a sense of like, you know, being able to like fit into corporate America and all that kind of stuff. But even code switching in life, I'm used to always switching who I was depending on who I was talking to as a a way of self-preservation. So some people probably don't really know the real me because I've code switched with them because of the setting, right? But it's important that we stay authentic and true to ourselves because there's nothing worse than having to pretend to be someone you're not. And I know this from experience, like pretending to be somebody I'm not, it's just, it's very ghetto. And it's something I'm not willing to do or compromise on anymore. Presenting one way, but being another, it's just not cute, right? And truthfully, especially in the online space, people can tell, right? People are getting really good at being able to tell, you know, if someone is as genuine as they present themselves. Um, You know, I always laugh when I hear someone say to me like, oh my gosh, you're exactly like, I imagine you're like, I would hope so, right? I would hope that I'm exactly the way that you imagine me because I don't want to present myself as one way and you meet me, I'm, a, I'm completely different. And so, you know, actually in person, I'm a lot more personable than I present myself online, which I know that online I'm very, you know, personable, but like in person, I'm just like a whole, like I, I'm on 10 in person. Um, but you know, online, I just, you know, I like to have my privacy and stuff like that. So it's different, but you know, I think it's really important that we have to live what we talk and we have to stand on it, you know? So the things that I talk about, I talk about, you know, building the business in the margins, right? Building the business in part-time hours, building the business in 20 hours, you know? I talk about simplicity and I live that, right? I stand on it, you know, and I stand on, you know, apologizing for, you know, telling people, oh, you got to do it like this. Like, girl, some of us don't got time. I'm not saying that it, certain things aren't a good strategy, but mama's not doing it no more. That's for sure. Um, so, you know, it's really important that we like maintain our authenticity. And especially when we're selling, we have to maintain that because that's what builds the trust, right? Being genuine, being transparent, and really being authentic and true to your values, that is what is going to help you sell your offers. And so it's important that you do these things because by doing this, you build trust with clients, right? You build trust with your clients by being yourself. Because the truth of the matter is, is that there's a there's a million other people out there that are trying to be the same person. And so when that happens, people don't want to work with you, right? People want to work with me because they know that they're going to get me, right? Authentically me, who I am. And they like that, right? Your people, they like you exactly how you are, all your quirks, all your, you know, craziness, all your whatever, you know, people like that and we have to stand on it, right? So those were my nine mindset shifts. Um, and this is part one on the how to sell your offers series. I know that this was like, oh, wow, I've, you know, kind of off of how to actually sell your offers, but I promise you when you implement these mindset shifts and when you really think about these mindset shifts and really let them just like sink into you, you will see things change in your business. I I always tell people that action brings confidence because uh, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I don't have confidence, you know, or how do you increase your confidence? How do you, you know, not be afraid to talk on stage, blah, blah. It's because of my mindset, right? I'm confident in my offers. I'm confident in my selling. I'm confident in speaking. I'm confident in all these things because I work on my mindset, right? I'm confident in selling my offers because of my mindset, because I'm constantly um, improving and shifting and growing in these areas. And so I really want to encourage you, go back and listen to this episode again, because this right here is all the tea. This is going to give you the breakthrough that you've been looking for if you've really been struggling 
with selling, with showing up, with, you know, marketing, with sale, with whatever, right? This is really going to be that foundational piece that's going to unlock the success in all those other areas, which is why I started with this part of the series first. So that's all I wanted to say. Last thing, if you haven't joined Becoming CEO, what are you waiting for? Like it's my signature marketing sales program for moms to help you hit your, you know, hit those 5k months and also sell your high ticket offers working less than 20 hours a week. Um, we are currently changing things and changing the way that it's structured. So we're doing a really cool promotion, um, that's happening and, uh, you'll see it in the show notes below because I, as of right now, I don't have everything already typed out and done, but I promise you, you want to join in the month of July because outside of the month of July, you're still going to get like a great experience, right? But in the month of July, I'm really throwing in some bonuses that I haven't done previously. And so I know that you will not want to miss this. All right. See you on Thursday for part two. Talk to you later, darling. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to follow me on the gram at Mrs. K Hillman and let me know you're picking up what I'm putting down. Take a screenshot of you listening to this podcast and share it in your stories and leave a young thug a review so I know it's real. May you walk in your purpose and call in each and every day to become the CEO and woman you were designed to be. Until next time, let's get this money.